All right, coming at your face, episode 52. Bring us in, Phil. Can you fucking believe it? I see dead people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, that's appropriate. If you heard it, yeah. Yeah, really, if that picked up at all. But that's okay. We, you know, we got some, we got, that's appropriate because we got some movies that uh, have some dead people in them. (laughs) Um, that, you know. Literally or figuratively? Well, you know. Have you been watching some, snuff films, sir? Well, the internet's a wonderful thing, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching lots of Faces of Death, man. <laughs> Eight millimeter with uh, Nicolas oh, Cage. Oh, yeah. That's really not worth watching, but no. whatever. All right. No. So anyway, episode 52. This would have been our year anniversary episode if we ever would have stuck to our... Um, weekly schedule, but you know, I don't think we were ever on a weekly schedule. There for a little while, I think we did about a week. I think the the closest we ever got was like every other week. Mm. No, I'm pretty sure. Possibly, you may be right. You may be right. You may be right. You may be wrong. <laughs> In that song. <laughs> oh, hey, maybe you're right. You're ten two, ten ten, ten sixteen, ten thirty. There you go. See. Bill's got his records open, so do I. <laughs> I don't date mine, though. I'm very documented, sir. So. <laughs> Just in case at your trial you can say <laughs> this is what you were doing. Oh, this week on the podcast, I watched. <laughs> you can't prove a thing. Okay. I was making a podcast. <laughs> That's reason enough to lock you up sometimes, I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyways, you want to go first or you want me to? Oh, actually, you know what? We'll both go first. Ooh. We can uh, we can do our brand spanking new movie. Oh, yes. We have br- hot <laughs> off the presses. Yeah, yeah. Biggest bomb of the year. Oh, ouch. That just landed with a thud, didn't the, it? The Hollywood Reporter, like every other day, has some article like, Fallout from John Carter. What's going to happen? Are people going to get fired? Well, somebody's getting fired. I guarantee you that. Um, but anyway, yes, John Carter. We wo- we went to see it on opening night even. Yes. Unlike most of the country. Oh. oh. <laughs> but yes, we saw John Carter shortened from John Carter of Mars. Well, you know what's interesting is they had, at the beginning it said John Carter. At the end it said yeah. John Carter of Mars. Uh, yeah, you're right. It did. It did over the end credits. Um it said John Carter of Mars, but I think maybe they were using that as a device to say, oh, now he lives on Mars. He didn't used to, or uh, something. You're, you're so right. <laughs> so anyway, um, just in case you don't know what the story is, it's very convoluted. and it, <laughs> it is not. Sure. Okay, this guy back in like the Civil War era gets transported to Mars by this magical amulet Yes. Uh, from this guy who was on Mars, who came to Earth, and machinations ensue much cgi ensues um but it was uh it was very cgi heavy uh, obviously there was the whole race of aliens that were completely cgi the tharks yes right and they have forearms and they're green yep um With tusks right yep big old tusks coming out of their face and everything else oh my hell oh my hell and um then there was the humans that were on mars the red men, yes. And the blue ones. There was red and blue. Were there blue? Yep. I remember specifically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then there was the sort of magic people that um, were the ones that could transport between worlds. Yes. And yes. such and such. In the books, they're the whites. Okay. <laughs> oh, the white what? men. Well, there you go. You can't really. That's not very politically no, correct anymore, is it? It isn't. Um, but it was written in like 1912. The, you know? Sure, sure. 
based on the Edgar Rice Burroughs books, which was funny because now you've read the books, right? I read the first couple, the ones oh. they used as a base for this one. Okay, so Edgar Rice Burroughs is a character in this movie. Well, they use that as an entry point. He's not a character in his own book. That's what I was going to ask you, is if they, they he used himself as a character in the book, but he yeah. didn't. Okay. So, basically, um, John Carter gets transported to Mars. The one There's this one city-state that's fighting the other city-state, and then there's the green aliens who are sort of on their own, but they don't really like either one of them, kind of. Yeah. And so, it's it was... I don't think I liked it as much as you did, possibly, but, I mean, it was okay. It seemed a little boring to me, though. Mm. It was long, too. Well... It was like two and a half hours. Yeah, well, it was 2.20 or something. Yeah, 2.15, somewhere in there. Um, I... Uh, I didn't have problems with its pace. Um, I was a bit stiff, I'll say that. <coughs> yeah. I mean, you know... But I, eh, at the same time, I kind of expect, you know, I'm, I'm of two minds. Like, yes, the movie has some problems. It's stiff, whatever. The guy had never worked with actual human actors before. Right, right. But, um, but I do think it's a good movie. If, if you're willing to suspend your disbelief that much. Um, I think it's, I think, you know, as I've thought about this over the past week, I think it's hard for a modern audience to get into a story that's that fantastical. Yeah, I see what you mean, but I also think, too, part of the problem was is that because of the fact that it was a fairly complex book, from what I could tell, I mean, I haven't read the book. No, I mean, the books are downright simple. Okay, well... It's just because they're combining two of them and, and adding things. So. Right, but see, the thing is, is there's so much setup that needs to be done. To, so you know what's going on. Yeah. That I think a lot of the movie is just this exposition, much like we talked about when, when you go from X-Men 1 to X-Men 2. Right. Because X-Men 1 was basically just there to set up X-Men 2. Right. And so... It was just there to set up your world. Right. And I think that's probably kind of what they fell into a little bit with John Carter, is that there was so much to explain yeah. just right off the bat. Uh -huh. And I don't know, I just, I feel like... Ah, the more I think about it, I feel like that the movie was not very well put together. Like, there were certain scenes that seemed way too long, and certain scenes that seemed way too short. Yeah. And so I don't think... I just feel like it wasn't put together as well as it should have been. Yeah. But, I don't know, maybe I'm nitpicking. Maybe I just didn't like it as much as I could have. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think... We're not uh, the audience it's aimed at, you know. I, I wonder how, like, I wonder how, like, a uh, you know, a twelve-year-old boy would react to that movie. You think that's what the audience that they're going for? Almost is certainly. it kids? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a young kids' adventure. I mean, tell me the difference between that and Star Wars. Well, I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I, I've, I've been reading articles. They've been trying to do this project for years, and uh, at one point they approached Bob Zemeckis. Uh huh. And, and, you know, he read the books and he kind of went over it and he came back and he said, you know what, George really plundered these stories, sure. so I'm going to pass. Right. Well, you know what I think, though, too, is that I would be willing to bet you that if the if they're going for the 12-year-old boy audience, they didn't put enough action in it. Like, I felt that it was sort of lacking in that. There was some very cool action scenes in it, well, but see, there I... was a lot of talking between them. <laughs> like, I mean, really, a lot. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I think that honestly, and, and not to disparage it or whatever. I mean, I'm good, good on you, John Carter. But like, um, I think a 12 year old boy would find it boring. I don't think so. Because I have the mind of a 12 year old boy, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just. No, I, I really. I mean, perhaps you don't remember. Like I, I can remember watching talky movies when I was that young and finding them just fascinating. You know. Sure, but you're not the typical. Well, well no, but, okay, I mean, but, but I have lots of friends who like the same movies. You sure, know sure, I mean? sure. But okay, maybe that's not what I meant. What I meant maybe more was you're not the um, – you at 12 is a lot different than somebody now at 12. Yeah. That's, there that's, was no YouTube. There was no internet. Yeah, there was – you know, you actually had to pay attention to things. Yes. You know? And, Wait, and what it, were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> And you know some of and some of that is is very true that that um it may be that such an uncynical movie yeah. it is a fairly innocent little sure. movie you know for all of its machinations it's it's fairly innocent fairly straightforward and certainly uncynical and yeah. does that really play in this age anymore I don't know if that would be the problem so much well, which yeah, I, I think that I think um the thing about it is is it's a very um. It's a movie that, for what for the for the fact that it does have a lot of CGI and, and there are some pretty good battle scenes and stuff like that. Right. I think that there is a little too much. I think there there is a little too much exposition and stuff in there for peop, for kids at least. Yeah. Maybe not people in general, but kids well, um, but who I, aren't people, as we all know. I, don't know. Um, I mean, think about the first Star Wars. Where you've got Obi Wan explaining shit left and right. And sure, but it. it but for like for like three minutes, not twenty. I'm just saying, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I didn't say I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying that I think that it it could have been better. Yeah, I, so, it probably could have. But and unfortunately, it's going to lose a butt ton of mo- of money. Yes, they're talking about a hundred and fifty million dollar write down on the picture. That's yeah. So <laughs> I don't people think people are really seeing... questioning Disney's uh, thought process. Well, see, it's funny, this though, movie, because... The movie just, I guess, kind of got lost. It was approved, you know, one of those Hollywood power struggles. It was approved by the last people who were in charge at the right, studio. Right, Then they hired a new studio manager who kept the project go- going. Then they fired their marketing director, got an all-new marketing director who'd never worked in pictures before, so the marketing... <laughs> clearly it's like, I know how to market Dr. Pepper, exactly, damn it. Yes. I can do and, this. And, uh, and uh, most people complained that the marketing for the picture was simply... It yeah. wasn't very good. Yeah. I'll say that. It really wasn't. The marketing, it, I have seen a couple, what was the other example? There was some other movie that the marketing on it was just completely awful. It was a fairly recent movie. Green Lantern? Well, yeah, that wasn't very good. But I'm talking more recent than that. I'll oh. think of it in probably like 10 minutes and then I'll just blurt <laughs> out some movie title right in the middle of you <laughs> talking about something. And you'll be like, shut up, please. <laughs> I don't have time for your fucking Tourette's. <laughs> But no, overall, I would say, uh, like, say out of five, I would give it about a two and a half, which I is probably it, lower than what you would say. Yeah, I'd give it a, easy a three and a half, two of four. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like it quite as much as you did, but it was, I thought I it mean, was, and the thing was, too, is it looked great. It yeah. looked fantastic. The $250 million is on the screen. Sure, yeah, it totally is. It, the problem with, the, the reason that I was a little surprised about it was that um, what's the guy's name? The director who did uh, he did what the he did a bunch of Pixar movies. Yeah, Andrew Stanton. Stanton, right? I was, that's the guy I always forget. I remember Brad Bird and I remember Lasseter. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyway, he 
um, he knows how to use visuals. Yeah. You know, that's definitely true. <laughs> and you could, I, to me, you could kind of tell that he wasn't really as comfortable using like regular, you know, people in his movies <laughs> that weren't just voiceovers. Right. You know, where he couldn't control every look on their face, like every pixel, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, I thought that I, I was actually very surprised that a first-time live-action director, they give him $250 million. It's like, wow. Well, they did it to Brad Bird, too. Well, for Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just they didn't give him that much money, though. That movie didn't cost $250 million. I think it cost 200 yeah. Well, either way. I'm just saying my point <laughs> is, and my point but is yeah. not that it's unprecedented. My point is, is that I was surprised. Yeah. You know, and it... It's like that's taking an awful risk, sure. you know. Two hundred fifty million dollars for anybody. Mm-hmm. You give Martin Scorsese two hundred fifty million dollars. You're not sure. You if end gonna... up with Hugo. <laughs> oh, hey, Hugo <laughs> won some awards, <laughs> but it didn't really make a lot of money. No. <laughs> um. So anyway, okay, John Carter. I'm kind of in the middle on it. I'm. I'm I, I didn't run in there thinking, like, this is going to be the best thing I ever said. I, I ran in there thinking, you know what? It's going to be a great adventure. And it sure. was. Yeah. No, I, I can totally see that. <laughs> All righty, then. Well, then that's, I guess, our John Carter section. All right. All right. So why don't you pick one off your list, and then we'll just, uh, you know, you people have listened to this 52 times. You know what we're doing here. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You might have listened to 51. <laughs> yeah. Not really know where you are. Right. Um, I did want to. I'll, I'll talk about Cowboys and Aliens because I watched that a couple weeks ago, and you had okay. talked about it previously. And I sure. think you said you liked it. Yes. Yeah, I liked it. It was kind of. I feel that my feelings about Cowboys and Aliens is a lot like your feelings about John Carter. Mm. Is that I didn't. I'm not thinking that it's like the best movie that I've seen. You know. <laughs> yeah. But it was. It is what it is. It's Cowboys and Aliens, and they, what are you going to expect when you go to a movie called Cowboys and Aliens? You know what I mean? So just taking it on that. A lot oh more boy. than I got. Oh boy, Phil. I can, <laughs> I can see it on your face when you're like, no. <laughs> I really didn't like this no? movie. I really didn't. What did you not like about it? I, Everything? You called John Carter boring. That movie was boring and flat. It had no humor. Part of it is I, I think I really, more and more, I just get to extremely disliking Daniel Craig. But he was really? so flat. And well, like, he was playing it straight. And see, that's really the thing, straight. That's the thing about this movie that, Every, that no. surprised me. Yeah. That everybody, the whole movie, from the direction, the writing, the um, acting, everything, played it straight. Yeah. Which kind of surprised me because I was thinking the way to go with that would be this real sort of campy. Um, Wink, wink, kind of well, thing. Well, I think that's what they wanted to avoid, <coughs> but I think it might have been a better choice to add some of that in. I was surprised there was very, I mean, very you, little of it. You hire a guy like Sam Rockwell and then give him a fairly right. straight part to play. No, I get what you mean. I totally understand. But, I mean, and part of it for me is it's on this, um, it's on this precipice. Where it's it's two movies merged into one, sure, a sci-fi picture and a western, um, and I a cowboy it, movie and alien movie, um, but I wanted it to e- embrace <coughs> one or the other, either be a sci-fi picture that's uh, that happens to be set in the west, or a western that just happens to have aliens in it. But it's kind See, of 
this mashup that 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 ends up not working in either respect. Well, see, okay, now I I think that it it leaned much more heavily toward being a western that had aliens in it. You didn't think so? No. I see that's that's what I saw when I I mean and I saw the movie. So, what yeah. I saw was an, a western that had aliens in it as opposed to a sci-fi movie that happened to be set in the west. Yeah. Because especially, maybe not necessarily in the second half, maybe that's what the thing was, is it was two movies, one half to the other. But in the first half, it was definitely a real Western. And I bet you anything, and I think this is not necessarily a a new opinion. I think that (laughs) other people have expressed this opinion. But I think that um, that movie... Obviously, it's Cowboys and Aliens, but I think that um, they could have made just a regular Western, and it would have been good, because the Western elements were there, yeah. and they were good. Uh-huh. But, and the sci-fi elements were there, and those were good on their own merits, but it's just, it's the same movie, and it's, there's not room for both, I don't know. Well, yeah, and, uh, I mean, to me, the key word to this movie for me is flat. I mean, it, there's just not a lot of excitement going on in that picture, and uh, the aliens, I found their motives to be stupid. That was and a weird thing because they, they were, want gold as much as you. Like, great. Like, that's like the, the ali- dumbest thing I've like, ever heard. Like, there's these bug-eyed like, aliens with a cowboy hat and boots on going, <laughs> yee, there's gold in them. I know. I mean, Earth. come on. Couldn't, I mean, if that was really their modus operandi, couldn't they just go to Mercury and get some... They don't have to come to our planet to do it. Right. There's probably a lot of other planets that have significant part. You know, and they don't have to people. fight Harrison Ford. Right. They don't have to you know, worry about people with guns. Um, but I found that ridiculous. I that wish... was a weird motive for the aliens to have. <clears throat> I wish that somebody would come up with a slightly original alien. I mean, ever yeah. since like Independence Day, every fucking alien in every fucking movie has looked exactly the same. Well, maybe not exactly, but close. 90%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. Um, well, you know, I think, you know what, though? I think that Independence Day sort of broke ground on that particular aspect of it by saying that, you know what? Aliens really do look like this because this is what people think of when they think of aliens. Yeah. So, therefore, aliens actually are real. That's why people <laughs> think they look like this because they do. I, and I, that's the impression I got from Independence Day anyway. Yeah. Speaking of, I do. just as an aside, hold on one second. I'm going to interrupt you, and I'm going to talk for a minute. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, um, just real quickly, uh-huh. Independence Day was on TV the other day, um, and I just sort of was flipping through and caught a minute or two of it. That movie does not hold up at all. When it came out, it was the coolest. I don't think that's true at all. You don't think so? Every time I've rewatched that picture, I think it's it's pretty much as good as when I saw it. Really? Yeah. I didn't think so. I remember when it came out, I was like, this is the coolest, you know. Well, maybe that's the thing. I never thought it was the coolest. Well, I mean, not just... It's it's about what I, you know, what I thought about it then, I still think about it now. It's okay. I'm just saying that, like, for me at least... Yeah. The, the quality of Independence Day has gone down over the years, whereas you sort of, maybe yours wasn't as high to start with. Exactly. Like, so, okay, anyway, aside over, we're going back to Cowboys and <laughs> Okay, my last thing is, um, and uh, there is one thing I did appreciate, and I, I, uh, before I get to my last point. Okay. Uh, my um, second to last point exactly. is this. Um, is that I did appreciate that they dumbed down the aliens for the time period. So they 
were like aliens using like 1980s technology and <laughs> right. you know because all yeah. their all their machines were like smoking and they were on right. a big rocket that had that it had smoke out that was actually pretty cool because you know what i think that the idea behind that and i could be wrong when i frequently am yeah. but I think the idea behind that was that these are not the aliens that will take over the entire universe. Right. These are aliens that are more or less the prospector going right. with shooting his guns in the air, exactly. you know? And it's like, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Did you know this movie originally was written by, and he's in the credits, uh, Steve Odenkirk? Yes. He's the one that actually originated this movie. I saw movie. that. I was like, what? I know. I saw that in the credits and I went, huh? Um, but okay, my last point <laughs> And it's Unless a minor it's not point. my last one. It's a minor point, but it's one I'm curious to see whether you thought the same thing because because I asked Disembodio at the time and, uh -huh. and he thought he he agreed. Okay. Is the that conclusion with the aliens uh -huh. where they're taken off and they blow up. Right. What popped into your mind? Oh boy, see I I I saw this when this came out, this was like a year ago. Mm. Um well, Refresh my memory here a little bit. Well, they no, take I mean, off. They, the they rocket take, takes off. And about up into the skies. Right. Blows up. Yeah. yeah. I Immediately, guess. I was wondering, is that in bad taste? Because really? it even. Oh, because of the challenger it thing. It even looked yep. like it. You're right. You're exact. I just took me a minute to visualize it. But yes, it was. It looked. I mean, they. It was like stock footage. <laughs> I was sitting there going. Uh. <laughs> Is that a bad taste? Do people yep. remember that? Uh, I mean, that's yep. immediately clicked into D my head. Like, you know what? Challenger. You're right. I, I remember thinking that. I don't know if it immediately came into my head, but I remember thinking that as I was walking out of the theater going, that's weird because that looks very similar to the... Yeah. And you wonder if they go, well, okay, we're basing it on that because that's what would actually happen because this is right. what happened. Uh -huh. But at the same time, you kind of go, no, you can't really do that. That's a movie. <laughs> I mean, people will accept pra practically yeah, anything yeah. in a movie. I mean, uh, yeah, it's been, what, 20, almost 30 uh, years. But, almost 30 years. But, uh, God, and maybe they're, maybe they're just hoping their younger audience wouldn't remember it, but anybody older is going to be like... Yeah, well, that even though that was 25 years ago, God, now I feel really old. Um, <laughs> but even though that was 25 years ago, people yeah. still, that's a very iconic image yes. that people have of that particular oh, it's a, it's event. It's kind of a haunting, you know? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a, maybe they were trying to push that emotional Maybe that's what they were trying to hit. I can't imagine it. I don't know. That but, would be an odd choice to make to say, you know what? We got this thing that's very iconic in people's minds. Let's see if we can take our little toothpick and just jam it right into that little cavity in your mouth. But it evokes mouth, the wrong know? emotion. If that's, I mean, it evokes sadness, which you're not mm -hmm. supposed to feel when the aliens blow up. You're supposed to be like, yes, fucking aliens, go back to Alienville, Alien Town. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, I don't know. It just, it just stuck in my craw. Like, I, I don't know yeah. if, if I'm overreacting to. I it don't or... think you are because I think it was, if I remember correctly, and I haven't seen it since it came out, but. It was very similar, and I'm thinking, and I th I remember thinking kind of the same. So I don't think you're overreacting. I don't think you're overemphasizing that, because I, from what I remember, it's very similar. Yeah, it's like, oh, jeez, I, uh, I don't know, if that was the right way. But I think <laughs> that I will say this too. Going back even to, I mean, obviously to Iron Man, I think John Favreau is actually a talented director. And, oh, he and I think turned that, out that way, yeah. And I, I think Iron Man too. I mean. With those big sequels like that, it's kind of hard because it's like you're kind of shoehorned into what you have to do. Yeah, but, well, and, and what you have to top. 
So sometimes, a, a lot of times with sequels, I find that they think that, like, well, instead of there only being one villain, let's have 50. Right, yeah. You know, and so then yeah. they just go too far beyond. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at uh, look at how the Batman films progressed up until, you know, obviously Dark Knight or uh, Batman Begins. Uh, you know, they just kept adding exponentially more villains. And it's like, <laughs> at one point, I remember at one point in Batman and Robin, it's almost like there wasn't even enough time on screen for all the villains. You're kind of like going, all right, well, you know. And Batman and Robin, not to say that was the only problem with that movie, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, but I'm saying that, like, I think that John Favreau is actually a, very, a pretty talented yeah. director guy. And he's one of those guys that, it seems to me, and I probably have said this on the podcast before, so I'll keep it brief, but I think he understands how to make a big movie, like a big budget, like... Well, I'm beginning to wonder. I don't know. I mean, certainly Iron Man was good, um, but obviously Iron Man 2 was bloated, to say the least. And well, to me, I found this movie flat, so we'll see what he comes out with next. Yeah. Well, I think that Iron Man 2 is as good as it could have been, to be honest with you. I don't think that's true. I mean, it was yeah. just... It was, B L O A T E D loaded. Oh, and you're Too saying that much ba- going on. You're saying that Batman and Robin wasn't. Oh wait, that movie was <laughs> shit. Exactly. Okay. It's all right. Robin. All right. Bloated. All right. Well, moving on. Well, well but, Cowboys but, but and aliens, Batman I... and Robin is bloated and goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything freezes. Chill. Okay, <laughs> we can just go on and on. Keep and on. the bat and bird. Yes. The bat skates that popped out of their boots as if that was a problem that they constantly had. That they know. had to skate around. Oh, my God. Anyway, Don't get me moving on. <laughs> All right. Here's another one we've both seen. Yeah. Hobo with a shotgun. Now, yes. this movie is... I saw this trailer. This trailer... Okay, this is another one of those machete-type movies where yes. it was a trailer that was made in jest. And then became a regular, a full-length movie. It was. Well, the trailer was, didn't have Rucker in it. It was It was on, it was one of the ones that was actually made, I think, for Grindhouse, but did, wasn't in a theatrical release. Mm, maybe. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I don't think so. Well. I challenge. <laughs> do your internet research. People. I know. We'll go to IMDb. And... No, I'm like I'm like ninety percent sure that's what it was. I don't think so. Yeah, well, we'll get the smoke break. We'll look. I think up. I think it's just a, a my take on it was it was a modern exploitation picture. Yeah, where, well, where it definitely, was. but it it not linked to anything else. I think you're wrong. We'll see. Okay, yeah. we'll agree to disagree on this one for now, just for the sake of the listeners who are probably going, <laughs> "Shut up, you two. Um, <laughs> But uh, Hobo with the Shotgun, it, it, that's a balls-out crazy picture. I gotta oh, say. yeah, it is. It's literally uh, one of the most violent things I've ever seen. It was, <laughs> to violence, what Beethoven was to music. Exactly. To use a little bit of a classier. I mean, <laughs> but no, it was violent. What oh, my Lord, violent. Eyes Wide Shut was to sex. Yeah. I don't know. You know? Uh, showgirls, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but here's, you know, this is a... For all you boys and girls out there, this is how violent that movie gets. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Before you do that. No, no. No, no. no we're good. We're, we're talking about the violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Gonna, I'm just going to give a little backstory just oh so you know. God. If you don't know the movie, what it is is there's a hobo who lives in Canada. <laughs> with a shotgun. With a shotgun. No, he takes on the local crime syndicate because of something that they wronged him somehow. He wants to buy a lawnmower for some reason uh, to start his own lawn mowing business. And they and this this town is completely taken over by these this father and two sons who are like the crime bosses 
So then the hobo goes on this revenge spree with the help of this girl, and that's all you need to know. The hooker now with Phil the heart continue. of gold. Yeah, definitely. You gotta have a hooker. With a heart of gold. Yeah. You ought to be a teacher. Whatever he yeah. said. Oh, yeah, she wanted to be a teacher or something. Okay. No, no, he wanted her to be a teacher. Anyway, so this is how violent this movie gets after all of that. Um, uh, to get back at the, or to show the people that they mean business after the hobo has started his revenge rampage, the, the two sons take a bloat, uh, take a uh, flamethrower to a school bus filled full, with children. Full, filled with kids. Yes. They don't escape out the emergency exit. They, it explodes and they, they burn to death. Burn, yes. Seven-year-olds on fire, 40 of them. Yes. Yeah. And this movie makes no bones about it. It's like, <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. And um, the, the one guy gets his junk blown off at some point. Yeah. And this is just a violent... It's it's a it's to the point where it's you not, can't I mean, even really be offended by the violence because it's so over the top, right? That it's like, okay, you know, this is you not, know, it's not like take me serious because I'm violent. It's like <laughs> look how violent this is, you know. Well, you could see the screenwriters sitting there going, now what can we do that would be very <laughs> over the top, offensive, violent weirdness? Yes. And then the thing that I loved about this movie was this. The, the the whole city is run by this, like, family of the father and the two sons. Right. The city is basically a war zone. There is no law and or order. Right. No CSI either. Huh? Anyway. Um, <laughs> I had to do it. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, rim shot. Thank you. Um, but, um... But still, the newspapers are reporting on everything yeah. as if it's like, like you know, they have the, the old school, like, spinning newspaper that stops, <laughs> and it's like, hobo cleaning up city. Yep. And it's like, nobody does anything about anything, but they just <laughs> report on it. It's yep. almost like, you know, it's almost like as if the well, newspapers are reporting about Godzilla <laughs> rampaging through the streets, but nobody bothers to call the army. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I get that, but I mean... I'm sure in Medellin, at the heart of the of the worst drug crisis there, there was a newspaper publishing. Well, sure, no. And, but at, at some point, you know, I think in the middle of the movie, they go and they kill the news announcer on air. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, they kill the guy on TV. <laughs> and But then at the other... We're supporting the hobo. Right. But then the other thing, too, is that the police chief, he goes to see the police chief, the hobo. Yeah. And he's going, I know who it is. You're going to help me, right? And he's like, yeah, let's take him down. And then the... The, the son, one of the sons comes in, or maybe both of them, I don't oh, remember. Yeah. And he just goes, he just starts laughing. Ha ha, you stupid hobo, I'm on the payroll, you know. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, you know. <laughs> and then the one point where, oh God, what was the point? What, where he gets, he has to hide in the trash, or in the um, shopping cart, underneath like the yeah. dead bodies. Uh -huh. Oh God. <laughs> just... It's and again, you can't take it seriously because it's so over the top. But at the same time, I was actually a little shocked a couple of times. I was like, "Whoa, that was <laughs> well, really." And then I don't the, know if I was shocked. It did make me giggle a couple of times. Like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they did that." I don't know. If, maybe shocked is too strong a word. I was surprised. I was like, "Wow, they really went there." Yeah. Okay. You know. Uh, I don't and know. then what the girl gets her like hand cut off or something like that. Or, yeah. Or, leg cut off or something but um yeah so it's a canadian movie yeah shot in nova scotia of all places halifax yes and it's um 
it's interestingly the visuals are interesting in it because it's very oversaturated it's very <laughs> like um uh, it's well, like yeah, they wanted it to look like old video or old film right right and the colors are very like like i said very saturated and very bright kind of uh-huh. and um I think, though, the thing I really liked about this movie, mm. I liked it overall. Yeah. Overall, I enjoyed it. I did, too. Because I liked the whole exploitation, like, sort of winking at the audience thing. Uh, I mean, I liked Machete. Come on. Yes. But, um, I did. I thought the, the thing I really liked about it was that Rutger Hauer got it. Yeah. Like, he totally got it. Uh-huh. He was like, I see what this is. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and this is going to be great. Yeah. And it was. I mean, I mean, he was so, great, I mean but... you know, he invested it with a little gravitas. I love the, you know, heartfelt, let's buy a lawnmower and we'll, we'll start at the bottom and we'll make a little money and then we'll buy another lawnmower. Whatever, <laughs> I just thought it was know? so funny. But he's so like, we're going to do this. You're yeah. like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought the greatest thing ever was the fact that his life, like, journey was buying a lawnmower <laughs> And making this business of mowing people's lawns, that's like how he's going to make it. Yep. And I thought that was hilarious because it's like, that's what a 13-year-old thinks. <laughs> it's like, I can go mow the lawns on the weekends and then I can go to the amusement park, you know? Yep. It's so funny. And then the girl, he's like, come away with me and we'll start our own lawn mowing business. It's like, yeah. what? Okay. <laughs> I like, I, 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 I liked Rucker. I've always liked Rutger Hauer, I think, is is underappreciated in some circles. But I think that in this movie, he definitely got it. And he, he definitely had to look for it. Yep. He was he looked like a homo. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, you take somebody like some other movie actor, you know, that maybe is not quite as weathered or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and you put him in a, in a hobo role and you go, yeah, right, you're a hobo, whatever. Yeah. But he looked like a hobo. <laughs> I mean, he really did. I didn't. And, you know, I was maybe I was expecting more, but his big speech to the babies in the hospital was eh, that was sort of kind of didn't have the oomph I was expecting. Yeah. Where he's talking about, don't you end up like me? A hobo. With a, a hobo shotgun. With a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, and I got a little weirded out. Sometimes the movie got a little mystical, like those weird, like demon hitmen. I don't remember that. Yeah, well, the 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 bad guys that they call in at the end. That are, oh that, and yeah, that are supernatural. Yeah, that didn't really make a lot of sense. It didn't really. But see, that's the thing. I think that that's sort of the point is because if it's an exploitation movie, a lot of those like say seventies exploitation movies, they would do stuff like that because it didn't have to make sense. Nobody yeah. cares. It costs forty eight dollars to make it. Who cares? True. You know. So maybe that True was that. But yeah, there was. You know, I would say I would give Hobo with a Shotgun thumbs up. And I saw the trailer a long time ago, and I know I mentioned it on one of the episodes of the podcast, but I finally saw it and. I go see. Well, don't go see it. You can see it at your house. Go see it on. It's on cable. stars or shows yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. It's yeah. it's it's an enjoyable ride. If you're not offended by over the top violence, um, <laughs> and and when I say over the top violence, I mean it. It's over the top. Yes, it's bloody and gross in some points. Not gross to the point where you want to like feel nauseous, like it's in Day of the Dead. Gross, <laughs> but just gross. Yeah. So I liked it. So yeah. I'd recommend it. Me too, sir. All righty then. So we agree on something. At hey, hey. Halfway through the podcast, we finally agree on something. <laughs> um, I did want to talk about the Fright Night remake. 
Okay, now see, I haven't seen this. This is the only movie we've done so far that I haven't seen, and you have. So this is well, a good. There's good... only there might there might be like one more that we both seen. I don't know. Well, I only did Doctor Morrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, no, the new Fright Night stars Colin Farrell, Tony Collette, Anton Yelchin. Gotta love the Anton. And uh, David Tennant. Love me some Anton and some Tennant. Yes. <laughs> um, but so it, it updates the old Fright Night, sends them to Las Vegas. Um, is that where it's set? Is Las Vegas? Yes. Yeah. And uh, instead Does of... Does it being, matter where it's set, though? Well, yeah. it... it yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I keep interrupting. Go ahead. Well, but I, I mean... It, it does for the remake. Okay. Because, I, and I was just about to get that. Oh, okay, you okay. You have to cut me off. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, so, instead of being a late night, you know, uh, TV host. Sure. The Roddy McDowell, which the Roddy McDowell character was in the original. I don't know. Maybe I should explain it. But, um, but uh, it, it's a uh, Las Vegas strip magician who, who's supposed to be a vampire hunter on stage, you know? No, but okay, I'm going with you. A vampire. That's a big Las Vegas show. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Jesus. Jesus, fair enough. Span your mind, Amos. You're so (laughs) limited. You're like, I have no idea what you're talking about because I haven't seen it. What is Las Vegas? What is this Las Vegas you speak of? (laughs) Does it matter? Does it matter, sir? God, this is getting contentious again. I thought we were getting along there for a second. No. Oh God! <laughs> when you think we're getting along, I'm faking. <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> I need to rethink my last twenty years of friendship oh. with you. Um, what the hell? What, the, what was I going to say? So essentially, the story is. Yes. Let me tell you. So explain, Phil. <laughs> Uh, you know, they live in this little subdivision, Anton Yelchin and uh, his mother, Tony Collette, um, that's far removed from the rest of Las Vegas, sure. uh, a uh, victim of the housing bust. So, uh, Oh, it's one of those, like, um, Mick, uh, Mick neighborhoods that... Right. Yeah, okay. It's just, you know, a little square of, of like, model homes and then nothing. Right, yeah, gotcha. Um, and, uh, and so a neighbor... Uh, turns out to maybe be a vampire. <gasps> yes. What? And uh, so one of Anton Yelchin's friends has figured this out, <laughs> and he and he tries to. Oh, is he the him. one that he, where, where he's yelling at him? You're just such a geek. You need to get out of the house more and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah okay. If that's from the trailer. So um. That's all I've seen. Is <laughs> the trailer. <laughs> but uh, and and so uh, he tries to convince Anton Yelchin that the you know some of the kids who aren't in school anymore have been killed by this vampire. Blah blah blah. And uh, Anton Yelchin th- at first does not believe him. Well, of course. Until vampire things ensue. Vampirism. Yes. Is that a word? Exactly. And <laughs> and then he has to go and seek David Tennant on the strip to to to, <laughs> to, get to his help. seek help. Right, which is taking the role of the the late night TV show host. Right, which was what Chris Sarandon in the original. Chris Sarandon was a vampire. Oh, he, okay, McDowell Roddy McDowell was, was a yeah. TV host. Sorry, got it backwards. My um, bad. <laughs> and Amanda Burse was the hot mama. Oh God, the hot lesbian mama. Anyway, oh, um, just like I'm married with children, and I when she pretended there... to want to fuck that dude all the time. <laughs> um, there is a very cute Chris Sarandon uh, cameo. Oh, he's a, he does like, a oh cameo. Oh my God, it's Chris Sarandon! I love you. 
I just saw Chris Sarandon in a movie last night. I, I always liked Chris Sarandon. I don't know what it was. I watched like, Bordello I of Blood last night. <laughs> poor you. Um, oh, come on. Really? Yeah, poor you. Dennis Miller is, okay. is the most miscast actor in the history <laughs> of the world? I'm sorry, but Night of the Demons is like mid-range good. Demon Knight, Phil. Whatever. Right. Who gives a shit? Uh, and then Bordello of Blood. If, if Night of Demons is here, like kind of in the middle, not great. But decent. Bordello Blood's like on the floor in the sub basement. Oh, come kind on. Of thing. Phil, B A D bad. If you have and a I movie. I don't want to get off track. No, no, no. Oh, not that we ever would. But if you have a movie starring Dennis Miller, Chris Sarandon, and Angie, and Angie Everhart, and Corey Feldman, how can you go wrong? Easily. You may be right. Proven. Easily. Uh, <laughs> I had insomnia last night, couldn't sleep. It was on at three in the morning on cable. And I thought, and I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I think, um, you know, it's a funny movie. Kind of weird. I don't know. <laughs> no. Anyway, Fright Night. Fright Night. So, um, <laughs> Colin Farrell uh, is the vampire, and um, I've heard that he's actually very fun to watch in this movie. Is that true? He's having fun. It's for sure. Um, and uh, the vampire is a lot scarier in this movie than it was in the previous one. The previous, the old movie is. Kind of funny, kind of hokey. The vampire, if I remember right, and I haven't seen that movie, the original, in forever, but it seemed kind of goofy. You know? It is, most certainly. The original is goofy, and this one is less so. <laughs> it's, it's much more serious. A about little bit it. more of a regular horror movie? Uh, it, yeah, it's still got a bunch of humor in it. Sure. But the, the horror stuff is played fairly straight. Okay. Um, But... Uh, you know, it's it's pretty funny. David Tennant and his like girlfriend are largely the comic relief. Sure. Uh, and um, you know, I mean, it, it plays well. I have to say, it's of of the remakes of, of big movies that are, or old movies um, that have happened recently. It's one of the better ones. I'll say. Yeah, I, that's what basically that's what I've heard overall is that it was enjoyable and. Um, it was, you know, it was fun, and yeah. that's it what just it's got missed. It didn't, it didn't make a lot of money. Most people kind of forgot, uh, kind of missed it. But see it, it's, but it's yeah, good. But see, and that's the thing is that like it's quality. Well, see, but the thing is too that kind of bugs me about some of these remakes and stuff is that they're they're such shit um, <laughs> because they don't realize what it was that originally was good about the movie because Fright Night was like sort of a cult thing. Yeah, it didn't make much money when it came out to start with. Right, but people discovered it like. Me and you watching TV at two in the morning, going, yeah. "Oh, Fright Night!" Even if it was on Channel Two or whatever, <laughs> um, that's where Fright Night got its audience. Yes, and it seems like movies that understand that, the remakes that understand that, and go, "Look, this is not Shakespeare. This yeah. is Fright Night." You know, but we're gonna make it similar to the 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 tradition of the older one. Yeah, then those are the ones that are fun to watch. Yeah, and it sounds to me like they actually got that doing this. Uh-huh. So that's cool. I mean, I appreciate that. I've been in because everything's being remade. I mean, <laughs> yes, that's ridiculous. The next, so Maya is a is an enthusiastic thumb ups for thumbs up for Fright Night. I recommend you all to see it. Um, my next one is not so great, but Uh-oh. it is in the same vein. It is the remake or the prequel to uh-huh. the thing. Oh right, yeah. Because technically, it is a prequel. It's about the Norwegians uh, that come up before Kurt Russell where, did. Uh, where Kurt Ro- Russell goes right. after the dog comes at the beginning of the movie. Right. This is the story of them finding the ship, the alien emerging, and them fighting. The right, alien. right. 
Okay, so let's go to that one then. <laughs> is it no? The first thing I have to ask, which is yeah. I'm sure what our audience is dying to know, is it as gross as the John Carpenter one? Because that was gross. Ew. No. And we'll get to that. Okay. Um, Ooh, well, excuse <laughs> him. Why? Exactly. Um, so essentially, yes, he explains it. This is the story of um, scientists find uh, the the alien ship, and um, and the alien and a block of ice a little bit away. Sure. And so they freak all out, and they bring all these scientists in to, to examine the the everything and go over everything, and and then the alien breaks out. Sure. As was as will happen with exactly. aliens. Exactly. As we've discussed with aliens <laughs> versus cowboys. Or wait, no. Yeah. Anyway, well, go ahead. Um, I was trying to be funny and fell flat. Yes. My bad. So, um, <laughs> excuse me. Sorry. I just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, for some reason, I'm laughing at myself. I don't even know why. <laughs> now you're being sarcastic, Phil. I don't appreciate the sarcasm. Sarcastic. Thank you. This is a serious podcast, Phil. It is. <laughs> Our listeners Today deserve... we are discussing the thing. And Phil, it stars... Uh, <laughs> may I talk to the thing? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I want to eat you. <laughs> Thank you. I have Mystery. a million organisms in one. <laughs> I will tear your head off and run away with it. <laughs> okay, anyway. Wow, so, we just went off the rails early. <laughs> you just reminded me of the thing when he was running away with his head. <laughs> okay, go ahead, sorry. Oh my god. So it stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Who's uh, who's that? I have no idea. It's um, not Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, that's yeah. for sure. And um, that Australian guy, whose name I can't remember, um, but and, he's not um, Joel Edgerton. He's not a, a big star yet, but they're hoping he will be. I think. Sure. And um, then it's um, uh, who's the guy? The comic relief guy, the, the blonde haired guy with the floppy hair. Um, he was in uh, none of the teen movie. Um, oh, Eric Christian Olsen? Right, right, right. He's not comic relief in this movie. No? <laughs> that's funny because he's, he's like a, sort of a comic actor. Yeah, yeah, he's goofy looking. Um, <laughs> so that's what it takes to be a comic exactly, actor? Yes. So Steve Buscemi is the funniest comic actor of looking. all time? He's pretty funny when he wants to be. You have to admit, <laughs> go see The Wedding Singer. He's pretty funny when he wants to be. He was actually really funny in Grown Ups, too. <laughs> um, Yay! With the, oh, God. Uh, with the my arms up in the air. Yes. Oh, my God, that okay, kills me. Okay, we're so far on topic. Okay, the thing, go. So, okay. Um, I think the movie works it works okay for most of it. Mm-hmm. And then it flies off the rails in the last 30 minutes. And, um, you know, it builds its tension pretty well. They're stuck, you know, it's uh, because it hits a lot of the same beats as the original. Yeah. You know, it, no. you, from point A to point B to point C, it's a ditto. Sure. For the most part. Now, let me ask you this. Is, technically, this is a prequel, right? Mm-hmm. But is it, it kind of seemed, it came across to me as almost like a remake sort of parading around as a, as a prequel. No, they approached the people as uh, to do a remake of the thing and they said, you know, we don't want to touch that. Uh-huh. We like that movie too much, right? But we can do that and be a prequel. Okay, so, so and and it's it is a prequel. 
it hits a lot of the same story beats. Okay. Because there's a limited amount of things you can do with this story, you know? Well, sure. I mean, it's, people, you know, you know people they, trapped in Antarctica with a monster. It's exactly. like, what are you, you going to do? You in know? a small <laughs> space. What are you going to do, monsters right? Monsters cloning them, you know? Bad sure. things happen. Um, <laughs> Monsterness <laughs> ensues. Exactly. Um, um, but, uh, you know, and it works for, for a certain bit. Um, the way it, you know, you know, Sure. In the original, how they detect the, the alien, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, they do the fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, in this one, she figures out that it can't um, digest inorganic matter. So Neither can I. It, it, like, will spit out people's fillings and stuff. So do I. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I'm not... Should I even bother to continue? So, you know, part of this podcast that people like is the funny stuff. So, come on now. Roll with me. Yeah. Okay. Well, Phil's playing the straight man for this episode. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But yes, I get it. Okay. He spits out the fillings and the earrings and jewelry and shit, right? And it ends up being a little bit goofy. Because <laughs> Not that instead, that of, instead of the fire scene, sure, you know where where you know it leaps out of the petri dish. Yeah, yeah. oh, that was. You've awful. got her with a flashlight going, "Open your mouth!" Oh, because she's looking for fillings. Well, I yeah, I mean, I I understand. I that, get but... it. I get it. They had they couldn't do the same thing again. Sure. Yeah. But it ends up being a, a touch bit goofy. Right. Yeah. No, I get it. It's like you you got to think. It's like. God, you know that was really a good scene in the in the original, but we can't do that exact same thing. Right. What can we do? Uh-huh. You know, it's yeah. like uh, you go, and you know, here's God, what I'll say. Now, to to move on to the creature effects, um, they are more sophisticated, sure, for certain, and they happen faster than in the original. Okay, because. You know, when you're you're making things actually kind of (laughs) fuck up, it it takes a little bit, well, a little while to make your plastics and stuff go awry. Sure. Um, So, yeah, the the transformations happen quicker and are a bit more spectacular. Um, But there is something visceral about knowing that what you're looking at is Is actually there. Practical, You you mean? Like practical effects as opposed to digital right. effects. Yeah, because you know when when you saw in the original, like them setting that head on fire with the legs and the legs are oh, bobbing around. Oh, that was so fucking weird. <laughs> I was like, I remember watching it. Around. Around. <gasps> Let me finish my point. The legs are bobbing around in the fire, um, and you know it's actually on fire. Yeah. And here, there, you've got this like little arm that comes off and is running around everywhere. You know, um, and uh, they set it on fire, and you're like, that's a digital effect, and it's on fire. Yeah. Yeah, no, but and you know it's, it's funny not though. quite uh, in your head. The old stuff, even though it, it may look a little bit goofy, uh-huh. you know it's there, right? You yeah. know it's a real thing. In yeah. this, you know it's digital. Sure, no, I totally know what you mean. I understand exactly your point, and, and it's like, um, it's almost like those practical effects are more off-putting because you're like, like what you said, it's right there. Yeah. You know, they, and they took the time to make this fucking head with legs coming out of it yeah. and then light it on fire. And it looks like this is what you would see if a head sprouted legs and was lit on fire and was <laughs> photographed. Right. And it was like, but with digital but now, effects, with you're kind of like, I mean, you get, you get that little click, like digital, 
Yeah, like, totally. Like, that's not real. And yeah. you know it's not real. Yeah. No, I understand exactly what you're saying. Because <laughs> I remember the, when I saw the, the, the John Carpenter thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That upset me. <laughs> because it was just, it was gross. That, I was just I like, mean, yeah. and it wasn't necessarily like it frightened me. Like, right. I was like, going like, to go hide oh. in the closet. But I'm just like, ew. Gosh, that was shocking. Yeah, I was just like, oh, gross. <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, and then and then we'll get to the, the part where it flies off the rails. Okay, well, let's finish this one up and do the smoke break. Because I'm about to kill you for not having a smoke. Oh. I'm just kidding, Phil. Um, <laughs> I always view my, I, I like to complain no, about no, no. you. <laughs> I know. That's my it's bit. A, it's uh, my shtick. Uh, oh. <laughs> so it We've just off. turned into a couple of old Jewish men. Oi. It's my Oi. shtick. Oi. What are you going to do with this one? Oi. Oi. Um, okay, so it flies off the rails in the last 30 minutes or so. And here's why. Okay. Because they take it from the confined spaces that the original movie kept it in. Sure. Which is in the base. Yeah. You're trapped in there with a monster. What are you going to do? Right. And then they go back to the spaceship. And so you're out on really? the ice. You're in this big spaceship. You, they, you know, blah, blah, blah. Really? And it it opens the action up too much. And you're like, oh, wow. This is just all the tension drains away that the movie had managed to build. That's an odd choice to make because I think that the claustrophobia is a big part of that movie. Exactly. And that's my point. And that's that this, like with at Alien? the end, it just kind of crash lands, and then they end up back at the base where it's forced to hit all the points that you see when Kurt Russell when comes. Right, right. So all these things you're telegraphing, like, oh yeah, I, I know yep, what that is. There, oh, that's, yep, what, yep, that's what. Yeah, I've is. seen this yeah, movie before. Yeah, yeah, there's that, and you know, well, you know, it, it seems it's like... kind of it becomes too much, especially right there at the end. Uh-huh. It drains its tension, and then it becomes too much of a gotcha. Like, oh, sure. I know what that is. I know what that is. Yep. Oh, here's Kurt Russell walking up. You know. Yeah. But well, see, that's weird too because that seems to me like a um, a choice where they, like you say, they go to the, the spaceship or whatever. That seems like something that maybe a studio said you have to do this because people want to see spaceships and they want to go well, up in the air. I know but, what they they thought. They thought, hey, you know, we're we're redoing it. We have the technology to do this, so let's actually visit the alien spaceship. Sure. But, but you don't realize when you spent this your entire movie in this space, this little space. Sure. And you expand it that much, tension levels drop. Sure, yeah. But see, that's the thing. That was exactly the point I'm trying to make is that, like, say, for example, Alien. That movie worked so well because it was so claustrophobic. You're trapped on this ship with this alien, and you don't know if it's going to eat you, and you don't know if it's inside your friend or whatever, right? Right. It's it's a lot the same, uh-huh. and but that's why it works because it's yeah. kind of this haunted house, uh, you know. Exactly. I mean, Alien's and, and, been called haunted house in space, right? But it, but and and that's to me is why Aliens works less because you took it and made it. Yeah, but Aliens is is it's, 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 it's own thing. It's it's, it's it's a different animal, but it's an action. Sure, it totally is. Anyway, anyway um, <laughs> it seems like. <clears throat> Like I said, that that smacks to me of a studio saying, "Look, we you have the CGI department. It's yeah. got to be bigger. You can't just have this movie about a one monster in this little base. Where's the explosions and aliens and spaceships and yeah, 
you know, whatever. It's like, well, that's the movie. That's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. That so, it, it's too bad that they decided to sort of kind of take it off the rails there at the end, which happens, I think, to movies that a lot of times, which could be good, that, well, right. well, or well, are I mean, good in, in for, this one, for like seventy five percent of them. In this one, I think it runs off the rails because they realize they have to chart their movie into the other, sure. and they have to make it happen. In a but, certain way, so yeah. that nothing that happened in this movie is really visible in the next. Sure. Or you, you, uh, that you can't watch the original and go back to this one and be like, well, what the fuck, man? What, like, she what, wasn't there. What the fuck? Wait a minute. They didn't close that door. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That's funny, though. That's such a thing that, like, that's such a, like, a meta thing where it's like, you're plotting the end of your movie to a movie that came out 25 years ago. Yep. And it's like you have to dovetail it into something that already happened way back when that oh. they weren't even necessarily thinking they, anything about. They literally do. Like the 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 scenes over the credits yeah. are the Norwegian helicopter coming, they the dog runs out of the base, the guy freaking out runs out with a shotgun like we got to go get that dog. It's not a dog, you know, blah blah yeah. blah. Oh, Norwegian, of course. Right. And then Shooting, uh, yeah. shooting at the dog as they fly to the American base. Well, you know, at least they had a little respect for the fact that the yeah. that the the uh, you know the Kurt Russell version of the thing was a good movie. I mean, some some remakes and or prequels, sequels, whatever you want to call them, um, completely ignore yeah. the fact that there was the other one before that people may like. You know, <laughs> um, case in point being, you know. The like the reboots that they did on a lot of horror movies, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, you know Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. They just basically said, "Well, you know what? Fuck the other ones. We're just gonna do this again." <laughs> and it's like it doesn't work most of the time. Mm -hmm. It rarely works. <laughs> and I know your personal favorite Halloween. <laughs> yes, I will never watch that movie. Oh uh, yeah. Well, okay. I have about the same feeling as John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, and you know. But speaking of John Carpenter, I have something um, that I saw John Carpenter, John Carpenter himself in. Yes. That I will talk about after the smoke break. Smoke break. English. Yeah. What is this again? We're not. We're not on in Vietnam. I think he's walking. I need smoke break. No. Oh. Okay. Oh. So. <laughs> We'll be right back. It just back. got all racial up in this piece. <laughs> it's like the Source Awards in here. <laughs> and we're back. We have had a smoke. I have gotten a new soda. And so now we are happy and ready to continue on. Okay. All right. So um, I got just briefly. Um, so it won't, it won't take up much time. But I saw cool. oh, I know, right? Um, but I saw this, this, uh, documentary about HP Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Spider, in, for injecting into you, into our podcast here. Like, I am Lovecraftian. <laughs> I'm creepy and weird. Um, but no, I saw this, this, uh, documentary about HP Lovecraft and he, jeez, okay, shut up. Thank you. Um. He uh, obviously created a lot of very iconic uh, characters, Cthulhu and Fisnumu and <laughs> Ofnasnamal or whatever. I don't yes, know. lots of the ancient ones. And whatever. Right, right, right. 
And I mean, I actually never really read much Lovecraft. I read the islands or the the at the mountains of madness. Yeah, it's Byzantine. Let's say it's it's archaic in its verbiage. Sure. Well, I've heard that what one of the things that somebody said that they interviewed on this uh, documentary was that you actually have to sort of learn how to read Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. But the thing that that was most interesting to me really was just about him as a person. Yeah. He was a shit. <laughs> he was. Mm-hmm. He was super anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. He was super anti-immigrants. Um, Im- mm-hmm. Like any immigrant to him was sort of the devil. He actually wrote in some of his essays that the U.S. was being taken over by the immigrant hordes and shit. Yeah. Um, he was... Uh, he was basically a social misfit. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get along with anybody. He just he had decided that getting a job was beneath him. <laughs> he was just this. I mean, and not to take anything away from his writing or whatever, because I'm sure you know he was a great writer. But he was just personally, he was just somebody that you would never ever want to hang out with or associate <laughs> with. He was a shit. Sure, and it's like. It's kind of funny to read those or to see stuff like that where it's like you've read the stuff and you go, well, this doesn't really have to do with his personal life, obviously, because it's all these monsters and demons and all this shit. But, like, you kind of go, wow, somebody that antisocial. No wonder he became a writer because he didn't have to associate with people to do it. Uh You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing that stuck with me. And that's, I mean, basically the whole, it's an interesting uh it's an interesting documentary, and they have a... Um, what was it called? Uh, what is it called? I don't remember. I just remember it as the H.P. Lovecraft documentary. Okay. It's like Afraid of the Dark or something like that. Okay. Um, but anyway, they have interviews with um, quite a few um, uh, relatively famous like people like from movies and stuff. Uh, John Carpenter uh-huh. is interviewed. Um, smoking a cigarette, of course. Of course. Um <laughs> Uh, what's his name? Uh, Pan's Labyrinth guy. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> a little brain fart there. Um, he's interviewed, and he's a big fan, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell. Right. And then, um, this is really weird. This whole time, it was so distracting. There's this woman who is interviewed, and apparently she's like an author- or like a magazine writer or something. She's some type of writer. And I swear to God, the entire time I was watching this documentary, I'm going, is that actually a woman or is that a man? <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. Like I wasn't, it, and I'm not, that's not me being an asshole. That, yeah. it, no, I was thinking, is that a man? I, really? <laughs> <laughs> She's got this voice as deep as mine. And like this. Also pretty high. Huh? <laughs> um, but no, like, I was thinking the whole time, it was so distracting because I'm like just trying to sit there and listen to what she's saying. <laughs> and I'm like, is that a guy? <laughs> oh, uh, so anyway. Your so, prurient mind. Oh, I don't care if it's a guy or not. I just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I mean, if a guy wants to dress up like a woman, I don't care. But I just couldn't oh, figure it out. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so anyway. It was an entertaining documentary. 
Um, the guy definitely had some problems. <laughs> he really did. Most, most famous authors had problems. Well, especially horror authors, I guess. Well, I don't know. Stephen King's like the most normal man ever. Oh, he was a big druggie. That was his thing for a long time. Was it? Oh, yeah. So, whatever. Anyway, it was interesting to watch. <laughs> but I wouldn't necessarily say you have to run out and watch it, but it was interesting, you know. It's only like an hour 20 or something, so it's not like it will take up your whole day or something. It's not like a, it's not like a Ken Burns documentary. Oh. Yes. Baseball. Day six. <laughs> Wait. Baseball. Minute by minute, every game of the 1932 series. <laughs> As told by the player's diary entry. <laughs> exactly. Oh. <sighs> really? It's almost <laughs> like you, you feel like if you watch a Ken Burns documentary, it's almost feel like it, it almost feels like an accomplishment when you're done. What? You're like, I, I made it! I, I mean, they're, they're good. They're, you learn a lot. But mm-hmm. I, every time I watch those, I'm like, does everybody keep a diary? I know. Should I be keeping a diary? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I need to have a diary. I know. Like, so people, when they want to know what happened, they can read my diary and know. Um. But okay. Anyway. So. Okay. So Lovecraft, I give it a thumbs up. Uh, it, it's interesting enough, but it's not like gonna change your life. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead. Um. What do I want to talk about? Um. Well, we've, uh, I think you said you had seen Faster, and I saw Faster. Yes, I did. You did. We did. <laughs> okay. <Wow. laughs> okay. You we were did. surprised every time. <laughs> I know. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so, Faster. Dwayne is... The Rock Johnson, back to form. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, Billy Bob Thornton, um, <laughs> and Associated Others. Some <laughs> British dude no one's ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. Maggie Grace. Who cares? Yeah. Um, and uh, sorry, Maggie Grace. And Mr. Echo from Lost. Anyway. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, he was in it. Um. So essentially, this is a story. So um, <laughs> essentially, this is a story. Yeah. All right. So uh, the characters don't have any names. They're just driver, cop, killer. Right. Um. And that's oh, very and indie Carla of them. Gugino is in it. Well, that's right. Um, and, uh, I like she Carla pops Gugino. up everywhere. I like Carla Gugino. She makes me pop up. Oh. Oh. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, essentially, uh, driver, Dwayne Johnson. Um, Phil, I, I, I can't let you continue without you knowing that you have to say Dwayne The Rock Johnson, please. That is not how, no longer how he's credited, and I will no longer call him The Rock. All right. Um, <laughs> so, yes, Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne. Uh, gets out of jail and uh, goes on a killing spree. Goes after the men that killed his brother? Yes, his, okay. his stepbrother, half-brother, I don't know. Something. Um, brother from another mother? Like, maybe he was adopted, I can't remember. Um... Uh, maybe, I think he's actually supposed to be, like, half black. I don't know. Um. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, anyway, so, uh, yes, he was involved with a heist. Right. And it went wrong. Ten years ago. No, it didn't go wrong. It went right. But then somebody figured out that they were the ones who'd done it, and and they came to steal when they got back to their apartment. Yes. And so, but they killed his brother and they shot him in the head, but he still, he managed to live. 
You know why? He's ten, 10 years in jail. Because he's a rock. Rock, man. Rock solid. No, oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. I just can't let this rock thing go. I, I know you can't. <laughs> it's clobbering time. All right, go ahead. Oh. oh. Go ahead. So, um, yes, he gets out of jail, and he, he goes starts, to hunt down all the guys that... Pow, pow, pow. And, and uh, go ahead. So, uh, Billy Bob is the cop. Ten days from retirement, who gets oh, thrown sure. the or or gets thrown the case in quotes, um, and it, assigned with Carla Gugino to investigate these these murders that they can't quite figure out why they're happening. Sure. Um, and uh, you know he's just on, the Dwayne Johnson is just on a mission. Oh yeah, he, he is like a walks human. in, shoots somebody in the head, walks out. You know? Oh yeah, that's the nope. movie. Well, right, and the thing is funny is that he has he has very little dialogue. Yes. I, and all it is is him driving and shooting. Yes. That's about it. Uh-huh. That's, but, I mean, really, from a, <laughs> yeah. the rock, what do you want? You know, you exactly. want him to drive and you want him to shoot. The and driving it, part, eh, I don't know. But the shooting <laughs> part, for sure. Um, and at a certain point, uh, one of the uh, the people he's after hires a hitman to kill him before he gets to him uh, is uh, is the killer. Um and it's some British dude who's supposed to have been, like, uh, had polio or something or some problem when he was some a kid. Weird. He recovered, and he's been, he's been on a mission to like top himself the rest of his life. And he like doesn't he? He's like he's a, he he's thinks he's like a rock wealthy, star. Yeah. And well, no, he, he, he not like, like a rock you can star. See but... it on it, like they show his photos in his house, and he was like a the head of some tech company that he sold for millions and millions of dollars, and so he's independently wealthy. And he, ju- he does this for the high. Right. No, I, I didn't mean like a rock star, like an actual <laughs> rock star. I meant like he, he thinks he's like the cool, he, he thinks he's like cat's pajamas. Right. To use a very outdated term. Uh, but he thinks he's like the coolest guy and he, he does it, yeah, like you said, for the high, for the thrill. Yeah. And uh, he's got this girlfriend that doesn't know what what he does. He just disappears. No, no, she knows. Oh, did she know? Yeah. Jeez, I'm getting this mixed up here. Um, and <laughs> he like, but like he'll come home and he'll just be like, yeah. So you know, I let's was get out. married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the greatest rush. Let's get married and have kids. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, I take it you didn't agree with that sentiment. <laughs> um, but anyway, so movie progresses. It's pretty straightforward. Um, <clears throat> eventually, and this is a spoiler alert. Beep, 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 beep. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. Billy Bob Thornton is the mastermind behind the people who yep. um, killed his brother. Yep. And he's the one who has hired the killer. Yep. And, uh... It, you know, it's one of those uh, twists you kind of go, ah, all right. I, uh, I saw it coming. Yeah. A hundred well, miles away. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you see, that it's like, you know that the when they were writing it, they're like, oh, they're never going to see this coming. He's a cop, but he's a bad guy. It's like, well, really? It's Billy Bob Thornton. You but shouldn't it, have hired him and he wanted us like, to think he was honest. He looks like a total scumbag throughout the whole movie, too. And I don't know. To me, I don't know why they made him so sympathetic. You know, he's the junkie, and he's quitting, and he's getting back with his wife, and he's and making he's, up with his kid. Yeah, he's, he's, kid. He's, his kid is like, he goes to the... The soccer game like, or whatever. I, the I just hell. didn't get that choice because it like it made you feel bad when he died at the end. I think because they Spoiler wanted. Alert. I think <laughs> be, I think because it was like communism, a red herring. Uh, I guess it's like may I, and they probably wanted to sort of make some weird emo statement about well, even bad people can be good, you know, and whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. 
Bad people are bad. Good people are good. That's the way it is. Black and white. Ronald Reagan. We're going back to the 80s. If you're looking for something that's fairly straightforward and good for an hour and a half, you're on the chase and occasionally shooting people. This is your movie. Well, I like... Like, it doesn't deviate too much. No, it doesn't. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, it's like, you want to see people driving fast cars and shooting people. Mm-hmm. This is your movie. Yeah. And you know what? I like Dwayne Johnson. And I will refrain from the rock thing, whatever. I don't but, care. um, I like Dwayne Johnson. I think I, I actually enjoy, I enjoy watching him play these sort of over-the-top characters and stuff <laughs> like that. And you know what? This was the movie. Wasn't this the first movie that came out after his Disney contract expired? You are correct, sir. So he actually went back to being somebody who could have a gun and shoot people and exactly. all that stuff on screen legally or whatever. Yes. So I I enjoyed seeing him back in the saddle, if you want, you know. Exactly. Whatever. And it wasn't... It's like... Uh, this movie would have been perfectly in place in the 80s. Yes. Produced by Joel Silver. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or the early 90s, yeah. And it, so, you know, there was nothing really wrong with it. It was just not... I mean, if you're looking for awesome. Shakespeare, look somewhere else. Exactly. You know? This movie's pretty straightforward about being exactly what it is, you know? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, exactly. though. So, I, yeah, I mean, I thought it was okay. I mean, you know, I watched it and I went, oh, all right, cool. And there's that was a fairly innocuous hour and a half. Yeah, well, and there were some pretty cool action sequences in it. The one in the the hospital was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, check it out. I guess if you have an hour, you want to get with the Rock, exactly, and or Billy Bob Thornton. (laughs) He's so creepy. I can't imagine. (laughs) It's always I don't. He's got this, you know, emaciated face, and then there are these like shark-sized chompers. I know he's got some teeth on him, that ain't... <laughs> Good God! He's like half teeth. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on to the next one that we've both seen, I did happen to write, uh, to see The Island of Dr. Moreau. Ooh. Um, Again, a cla- you know, we're having somewhat of a theme here going, whereas classic books made into movies. Exactly. Oddly bad. <laughs> um, so this particular version stars the uh, acting giants yes. of Val Kilmer. Val. David Thewlis. Thewlis. <laughs> Fyruza Balk. Fyruza Balk. Sorry, I just, for some reason that made me laugh. I don't know why. And, uh, and uh, Marlon Brando. Brando. And his... This wasn't his last movie. No. The heist movie was his last movie. The one with Edward Norton. Yes. Okay. Um, But this movie was bizarre. (laughs) You know, I... I You think? I I used to really... and I used to really enjoy the picture. Um, And, you know, I I wrote a screed on Facebook about a year ago because I could not find this movie anywhere. You couldn't order it from anywhere. It wasn't available on Netflix. All of a sudden, it's now available on Netflix. So watch it if you want to. It's finally there. You know what's funny, though? is it, I, I I would be willing to bet you, and we could look it up, but I bet you that there was some weird legal thing about that. I don't know. Because it was just out of print. They just didn't make it anymore. Right. That's what Best Buy told me. Really? This is yeah. simply out of print. Sorry, we need to take it off our website. Wow, okay. We're, we're not going to be able to ship it to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair um, enough. But, uh, but no, okay, so... Picture this. Picture this. <laughs> this is like a pitch meeting. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, it's... Um, Pretend I'm Bob you, Evans. It, it's based on... Oh, God. 
<laughs> Call me daddy, baby. <laughs> um, so it's based on a story by H.G. Wells in which David Thewlis is a, a, crashes into the ocean and, and ends up on this island uh, run by Dr. Moreau. Hence the title, people. The Keep up with us. Yes, yes, yes. Val Kilmer is his assistant. He's <laughs> uh, just off his fucking rocker. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, I'm trying to get the story out. Okay. The Go basics ahead. of the plot, if you don't know. Gotcha. Um, and Dr. Moreau has been messing with the genes of animals to try and turn animals into people. Or, or to breed out the baser instincts. Right. And he's, he's, he's basically crossing animals with humans right. to get the advantages of an animal without the disadvantages of an animal, correct? Yeah, well, he's trying to, and like I say, he's trying to get rid of the, the meanness and the anger. and and Right. So he's trying to get the best out of both worlds. Right. Which, as Miley Cyrus knows, doesn't work. So now, that's a really weird oh. reference that, like, you'd only know if you have a niece who's six years old who watches that <laughs> bullshit all the time. So anyway, go um, ahead. So, uh, yeah, after the uh, egregious Miley Cyrus, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll move on. Um, so, yes. Okay, so this movie was a colossal fuck-up. Oh, and, sure. And there's a lot of backstory to this movie. Yeah, in and let's get it was, into it. it it's, was, it's actually really interesting about yeah, the story of this was, movie. It was a, a totally different cast originally. It was, well, not really. It was supposed to be Val Kilmer, Marlon Brando, and what? Uh, Rob Morrow. Rob mm-hmm. Morrow. And it was supposed to be a spoof. Is that right? Correct. Uh, you, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was supposed to be a, essentially a goofy spoof kind of comedy-ish movie. Right. And uh, New Line got the footage from Richard Stanley and said, uh, after after like three days, said, uh, you're fired. And then they have, <laughs> uh, it's Frankenheimer, they right? Brought, they said, okay, Frankenheimer, you're going down to, uh, you know, Australia and rescue this fucking picture. So he got there and he started rewriting the script every day, turning it into a thriller. Yeah. And so you have this odd mashup of the stuff he didn't quite get to, especially <laughs> Marlon Brando. And Val Kilmer. Well, no, Val Kilmer was just pissed. But Marlon Brando is stuck in spoof mode. He yeah, is that's true. He's shit. With the, and, the strainer thing on his head? With the, yes, okay. okay. And, uh, we'll I'm allergic to the sun. I, I have a disease. <laughs> we'll um, get there. We'll get there. Anyway. Believe me, we'll but, get there. No, this, this is where Val Kilmer's reputation started. This is where his reputation as being a totally crazy person came <laughs> from. Um, because he wanted to quit. He didn't want to work with Frank Ineber. He didn't like what was going on. He wanted to leave the picture. New Line wouldn't let him out of, the, uh, of his contract. Right. He said, no, you're finishing the fucking movie. Um, and so, so he, he basically hates, you can, it. You can watch him hating every moment oh, yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Um, and, when he uh, did, when, and he plays this sort of like, uh, like junkie kind of. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you almost think like if you're watching it on sort of a, uh, not just watching the movie kind of thinking about like maybe the story behind it or like the actors in it or whatever. Yeah. You almost think, you know what? I wonder if that's just a stunt needle. I wonder if he's actually <laughs> just, you know, yeah. really going, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> but, and then, um, the, the Frankenheimer fired Rob Morrow. And um, they brought in David Thewlis, and they, they reshot a bunch of movies. It ended up being much more expensive than it was supposed to be, blah, blah, blah. Well, and you know what? And to hear Rob Morrow tell, tell it, though, that he he claims, and I read this in, like, Entertainment Weekly or something. Yeah. He claimed that he couldn't do it 
because of his schedule, and he recommended Thulis mm. because he liked him so much. Mm. But anyway, that's mm. one person's <laughs> account. Um, okay. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, the and uh, Kilmer, this is where the story of him putting a cigarette out on a PA's face comes from. Yeah. This is yep. the movie he did that on. Yep. Because he was so pissed at being there. Um, and, okay. So the movie just has this odd element where you're stuck with lots of pieces of the movie that are spoofy. Sure. And Frankenheimer pulling those reins yeah, as yeah. much as he can to get it into different territory. It's like, an, uh, it's like a car on ice that is skidding to one side and you're pulling it as hard as you can to the other side going, please don't do this. You know? <laughs> and that's what it is. I mean, yes. that's what the movie is. Uh-huh. And I think by the end of the movie, the, the last the, the, the last act, Frankenheimer gets it there. Mm-hmm. And it turns into something interesting in that last act. The last but the first two acts oh, are disastrous. The first half of that movie is amazing to watch. Yes. Because you're like, are you people even I, in the same movie? <laughs> I know. When Fairuja Balk is adding ice to the weird canister that That's on Brando keeps head. on his head to keep him warm to keep him cool. He's like, like, he's too okay. What? If, if you don't know what we're talking about, and this is also where Mini Me comes from, by the way, people. Oh, he, yeah, you're right. This is where Mike yep. Myers got the idea for many. Yep. Okay, but if you don't know the story about the canister, you have to know this, because I know that we do a lot of inside jokes on this particular podcast, but the funniest fucking thing in that whole movie is Marlon Brando, okay, picture Marlon Brando, 400 pounds or so. He's big <laughs> yeah. in this movie. He <clears throat> is being carried <clears throat> on one of those... Um, what you see in like Prince of Persia, where they're they're holding no, the no 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 he's got a Pope mobile. It's the is it's it the Pope mobile? It's the Moreau mobile. Okay, the Moreau mobile. So in a Pope mobile, without all the entire plexiglass thing, right? But he's painted completely white yep. with sunscreen because apparently he's allergic to sun. Yes, and he has what looks like a spaghetti strainer on his head, <laughs> which is constantly being refilled with ice. Because it's too fucking hot mm-hmm. on the island of Dr. Moreau. Exactly. And he has to keep himself cool because he's a great big fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yes. And he, he's wearing like a fucking muumuu. Yep. And oh my God, it's like breaking my brain thinking about it. <laughs> it is so weird. It is. And then there's Val Kilmer like rolling around going, oh, Pretty much. I'm high right now oh. and I don't know what to do. And, oh. Oh. It's so weird. It's it's literally one of the strangest experiences you're going to ever have oh, it's, watching a picture. If you want to see a movie that you kind of wonder like what the hell happened here? Yes. Watch this movie. <laughs> and then David Thewlis looking like somebody is like clenching his nuts the whole time. Yes. He looks like he's having a fucking aneurysm like the whole movie. Yep. And I think David David Thewlis is a weird looking guy to start with. <laughs> That's for sure. And like the fact that he is more or less freaking out the whole time, mm-hmm. it doesn't help. <laughs> you know? Yep. So, yeah, it's... It, is a relatively i mean if if you follow hollywood you know stories and and stuff like that it's a fairly famous like disaster yes of a movie yeah, no. and it is 
It, it well, I think, and I'll say that by the, uh, the that last act, it gets to that point where it becomes something interesting. But getting there is a bitch. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, you can tell. You can tell in that last maybe thirty minutes or so, it's like okay, this is where they wanted or where Frankenheimer wanted to go with it, right? But the rest of it was just unsalvageable, and he was probably sitting in the editing room with the editor going. Jesus Christ, I don't know. <laughs> no. Like, I'm 70 years old and this is the one I got. It's like, uh, what take do you want to use, Mr. Frankenheimer? Oh, for fuck's sake. Does it matter <laughs> at Three, this point? five, two. I, whatever. Whatever your favorite is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that editor was probably like, wee. <laughs> but, no, I mean, it's it's an interesting movie to watch to to if you, like, sort of know the backstory of some of it, to see how a movie... Just is just this colossal just failure yeah. from first to end. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because some movies, even if they don't disagree about the storyline or the the tone or whatever, they're just bad. Yeah. This one was just a mess <laughs> from start to finish. Yeah, well, and, because I, and it, and it's simply because it started out as one thing. But and see they that tried to move it into another. Well, see, and that's a weird thing is that like you you would think that it would be really hard to go from one like basically a spoof slash eh, comedy, whatever, mm-hmm. to something real serious. Like you would, I can't imagine the decision making process involved in that because you'd go, <laughs> okay, well we got airplane, let's make it into Gone with the Wind. It's like. <laughs> Well, I'm well, no, not it's, sure it's, it's that saying uh, we've got airplane. Uh, let's change it back into airport. There you go. It's like, how do you think that would ever work yeah. at all? Well, this is what you end up with, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is like a tutorial on why not to do that. <laughs> this is um, bad filmmaking for dummies, and I feel bad for like Frankenheimer because I could tell and. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I could tell that Frankenheimer, in the end, really wanted to make The Island of Dr. Moreau as a straight movie. Yeah. But it's kind of going, what do I have to work with here? I know. Marlon, got, Marlon is stuck in one track. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to be budged from it. He was doing the spoof thing, and, and you couldn't get him off it. And And then, you know, with him, like, you know, petting the little midget guy, and it's like... Oh my God! What are you doing? You know, <laughs> and then Feruza Balk going, "Oh, you can't help it. We're just made this way." It's like, shut up! Like what? <laughs> Ugh, it was awful. Yes. But it was actually one of the, it was awful, but it was very interestingly yes. awful. It is, it is fascinating to watch. Yeah, just even if you just take out Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. you take out David Thewlis, you take out all of it, just to watch Val Kilmer. Basically, <laughs> shit the bed in every scene yes. because he's being this little sort of petulant baby. Yes, it's fascinating to watch <laughs> the fact that there is somebody I, who is literally trying to torpedo the whole thing uh-huh. because he doesn't want to be there. And you know, to be honest, I think this is one of those movies where knowing the backstory helps you watch. Sure. The movie. Oh, it totally does. It makes the watching the movie. 200% better. Yes. Because if you know the backstory of the movie, you watch it and you go, oh, I see that. Oh, I see that. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. You know? I totally agree with you on that. Uh-huh. It, it's like, it's it's amazing. Because 
it's a good story. And it's like one of those things where it's a good story. And through all the machinations of the Hollywood process, they managed to make this giant turd <laughs> that like had nothing to do with the story, it's just all this other shit. Yeah. You know? That fascinates me, Phil. It really does. <laughs> I could talk about this all day, but it really does. It fascinates me when it when that kind of thing happens. And it's funny to watch on the screen as you can see it happening. Yep. You know, and it's like it's we can't telegraphed. We can't edit around that, John. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're there's, stuck with Val Gilmer's performance. There's no way he's the main character in this scene. There's no way <laughs> to use coverage on this. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We can't just cut away from him. Yeah, you can't just have like... Who are we cutting to? We can't do ADR. He won't come in. (laughs) Oh, Oh, so it's great. But yeah, check it out. Um, But when you do, if you haven't seen it and you don't know the story, look it up probably if you look it up on Wikipedia Wikipedia or IMDb. It'll probably have a lot of the backstory. So read that first and then watch it and you will completely enjoy this movie. Even though... Coming into it cold, you might not enjoy it. Yes. You might just go, God, this is awful. You know? <laughs> really? Yes. So. Anyway. Okay, so I think I got, let's see. Um, I think we've done enough to these people. Oh, well, no. I got I got to do one more. <sighs> I know. It's an hour and a half. a long time. I know. People can pause. We can do it next week. You don't want to do Young Adult? No, we can do it next week. All right, fine. Well, coming next week, Young Adult. Um, time cop here is getting me off. <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. Um, I'm glad we finally got an actual regular episode in because we hadn't for a while because we had the Oscar episode. And then before that, it was like, I think, uh, 1947 when we did the last one. <laughs> and that's my fault. I mean, hey, listen, I had my garage set on fire. I cut my thumb off. You took a nap. I took a nap. <laughs> hey, I had a lot of stress. I had a fire in my garage and <laughs> cut my thumb off, and yeah, yeah, so I had to take a nap. Excuses, excuses, sir. Hopefully, that'll resonate on the microphone like it did out of the- it. Will. <laughs> it's like Darth Vader is my uh, new uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> you kissed your sister. Ew. Ew. So, All right. Okay. So, uh, in case you don't know, which you may not. <clears throat> Um, you can reach us. You can email us at canufbi at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page. We have something we forgot. What? Oh, shit. I may have to edit this part back into the beginning. We, <laughs> seriously, because I, I did totally forget that. I'm sorry. Um, we have a sponsor now, sort of. Um, we have a friendly notice from another. No, what company. we're doing is we're doing like. It, Sponsor implies that somebody is paying us to do this, mm. which is not the case yet. Yet, Phil. Yet. Yet. Um, but we do have a, what we would call, what would you call it? A bartership? I guess. I just made that word up. With a company called IndoIndustries.com. Now, what they do, Phil, what do they do, Phil? <laughs> I'm trying to make this produced here. Well, sir, they make fantastic t-shirts and uh, hoodies and other lovely pieces of clothing for you to wear. Yes, they do. You're exactly right. Urban feel. Sure. Skater clothes. You know, skaters get a bad rap, but (laughs) they're, you know, they got cool clothes, just like Indo Industries. 
And Indo Industries is, you can find them, oddly enough, at IndoIndustries.com. Check them out. Yeah, they're yeah. actually, it's They're Indo nice guys. They are. In fact, the guy who runs the company, Mr. Indo, if you will, is the boyfriend of one of my oldest friends. There you go. There you go. But anyway, so, so we did want to mention him. Yes, definitely. In fact, I may actually re-record a piece and put it at the beginning, because okay. I said I would. Um, but just so this part will air, uh, this part will air at the end of the episode. But I didn't mention this before. Indo Industries is i n d o dash industries dot com. You can buy all your skater shirts, hats, hoodies, all your uh, your needs at one place. Let's not go overboard. They make good shit. Check them out if you want. Join the Indo family. That's what you got to do. Phil, <laughs> I'm telling you. the sponsorship thing seriously. Hey, hey man, you know yeah, what? Just give a shout out. Move I don't, on. I don't want to alienate anybody. All right. Let's take us out, Phil. On a high note, you're like, you're like, yeah, fuck this. You're like, <laughs> when, I, when I say take <laughs> us out, you'll be like, yeah, stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, after that fucking infomercial, oh, can you on, fucking Phil. believe it? Did you bring any sponsors into the show? No. <laughs> Alright, take us out, Phil, please. I just did! <laughs> Is that your takeout? Alright, fine. I'll do the takeout for the first time ever. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs>